Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE star working injured, NWA making their return, and is the Wednesday Night War officially over? I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram at Jaden Becker TV. Last night was Impact Wrestling, but before we get into that, let's check out our news. Mustafa Ali working on a torn PCL. During a Twitter Q&A session, Ali was asked what is his biggest frustration, and in a surprising answer, he said his biggest frustration is wrestling with a torn PCL. Uh, this is very surprising to a lot of people given the fact that he doesn't seem injured on television and the tweet itself actually read, it's right now actually referring to the question asked being his biggest frustration. Wrestling with a torn PCL is incredibly frustrating and I could imagine you're wrestling with an, an, injury, an injury. So not ever anything you really want to do but currently he's working with that retribution gimmick and I think uh, he's doing an okay job for himself, not for really a lot of other people in the group, but we'll see where it goes. He did pick up a pinfall victory over Riddle in the last episode of Monday Night Raw. So we we will see where this is going to go, but uh, I'm not sure how far uh, he can take this retribution gimmick given how much it's really been put in place going so far. NWA making their return on pay-per-view. NWA will return this month with a back-for-attack pay-per-view on Fight TV. A lot of speculation on the future of NWA a couple days ago after it was revealed over the weekend that they removed all their videos from YouTube, including the Power and Shockwave series, which came temporarily after uh, the shutdown due to COVID-19. All those episodes uh, really... Honestly, a travesty to see those episodes not be there, but I hope they come back because NWA really puts on some good, good stuff. Uh, A leak from the Fight website showed that NWA back for the attack pay-per-view is scheduled for Sunday, March 21st at 4 p.m. Eastern. And I do watch NWA when it was on, and I genuinely enjoyed it. I thought it was a very good show, and um, I might have to go watch watch out for this pay-per-view because uh, if they're coming back and this is their big moment coming back, uh, after Shockwave and Power, uh, this would be pretty huge, and I'm definitely intrigued. Impact Wrestling last night, and a good card and a good show at that. Black Taurus versus Chris Bay versus Ace Austin to start the night. Uh, this is for the number one contendership for the X Division Championship. Bay and Austin team up on Taurus early on. Taurus returns and dominates on -on one-on-ones situations. Art of Finesse is stopped by Fulton on the outside, which he was with Ace Austin, dropping Bay off the ropes. Ace Austin picks up the victory and is now the number one contender for the X Division title. Uh, After Austin won the X Cup at Genesis, I thought that winning the X Cup came with a title opportunity. I guess not. And but now the tournament win is even more uh, valuable given that now he is the number one contender. And honestly, officially getting what he deserves in such a stacked mid card that we see in Impact Wrestling, uh, he deserves it. And the, that stacked mid card really needs to be somewhat pushed up to the main event because it's kind of slim right now. But uh, we'll see later on, especially with Moose. Uh, he is on uh, top, not not a level Moose right now on that main event scene. 
Next match, Chanel Dashwood with Caleb with a K versus Havoc. Uh, Chanel Dashwood has been trying to get Havoc to team up, uh, given the fact that Havoc and Nevaeh haven't really been seen eye-to-eye lately in these past few weeks on Impact Wrestling. No, Nevaeh come, doesn't come out with Havoc. We don't see her uh, early on in the match. Caleb interferes early on, changing the tide of the match with Havoc was in control. Now, Tino Dashwood taking uh, the advantage after the interference. Havoc uses her size and strength to regain the advantage. Caleb on the apron distracts Havoc, and the spotlight from Dashwood, which is sort of a running knee move, connects for the victory. So Tennille Dashwood picks up the win. Nevaeh enters and attacks Caleb with a K for the interfering earlier on in the match. And a fun dynamic with uh, Havoc and Nevaeh. You know, we know them as a tag team. I honestly think that they probably could have, would have, should have won the Impact World Tag Team Championships. They should the knockout version of that. And uh, I feel like they definitely could have done that. But obviously now they're going in sort of a splitting up direction. But now coming back together... Uh, they hugged at the end of that moment, so there is a friendship dynamic there, but maybe they'll be friends in that tag team. Uh, we'll see where it goes. We'll definitely see where it goes between Havoc and Nevaeh. Uh, it's a little odd to tell right now because there isn't really any true, true direction in that storyline, but uh, definitely something to keep an eye out for if you're watching Impact Wrestling. Sammy Callahan cut a promo, and this promo took place at Trey Miguel's old training ground. Uh, asks, he went around asking trainers where... Uh, Trey Miguel was and he also went around asking if they're training people to be quitters and uh, not passionate about uh, professional wrestling. Uh, Callahan ends up attacking all the members in the gym. Uh, he ends up finding Sam Beal who enters onto the scene. Callahan offers to save him from the path of no passion. Uh, it was a very echoey type of, uh, you know how impact is. The production value isn't as good as it should be. It was very echoey, very poorly produced, but uh, it did send a good message and it progressed the story. And definitely something you want to see the stories to get progressed on week in and week out. These Sammy Callahan things just need to be a little better produced for me for me to really get invested into it all. That's why I really like what the next segment is, the Violent by Design stuff, because those, for whatever reason, are really, really well produced because they look more cinematic than they do uh, professional wrestling-y or impact-y, if you will, if that's even a, a term I could use. Uh, Violent by Design, Diener failed twice. He failed uh, beating Jake something uh, once in a singles match, and then he defeated. Uh, he also got defeated again uh, in a tables match. So he failed twice. Diener is taken uh, to a back room to get beaten off camera by Joe Doring. But Diener isn't mad about this. He honestly ex- accepts the beating by Joe Doring and because of uh, what Eric Young told Joe Doring to do. He said, you know, we're doing this for, for a better reason. We're trying to, to heal you. We don't want you to fall back to where you were. So uh, the dynamic of Diener not being upset about being beaten by Joe Doring, I thought was a fun way to intertwine how off the rails Diener has gone since his time with uh, Cousin Jake and, and now Jake something. So uh, really, really nice to see. I love these. Uh, I really think this is probably one of the best things Impact Wrestling has going on right now, Violent by Design and Diener. I would have liked to see Diener pick up a victory, at least in the first one or the second one, but Jake something is getting really, really pushed and honestly could put him in the main event scene. Remember last week, he literally stole the spotlight from Moose, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. So once again, Violent by Design doing a fantastic job on Impact Wrestling. Can't say that about a lot of the rest of the card, but uh, Violent by Design doing a good job. One of the favorite parts for a lot of people on this show, the AEW paid ad, which is always hilarious. Uh, 
Tony Khan says uh, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and Impact are all on the same side. He also says it's us versus them, and you know who they are, obviously referring to the WWE. So, once again, combining the superpower of promotions and the top promotions not only in America but also overseas in New Japan Pro Wrestling to combine together to try to take down the WWE without directly saying the World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I love the heart glasses on Tony Khan as well. He's been wearing them for the past few weeks even though it's way past Valentine's Day but you know he got to show some love either way. The Good Brothers and Finjuice take on Triple XL and Reno Scum. Uh, the Good Brothers and Finn Juice early on in the match try to one-up each other with tag team maneuvers, uh, really just dominating over Triple XL and Reno Scum. Uh, Gallows cleans house, and ma- a magic killer from the Good Brothers picks up the win for their team. Uh, Finn Juice and the Good Brothers continue to bicker after the match. Uh, expect a title match for the Impact World Tag Team Championships that the Good Brothers currently hold between Finn Juice and I wouldn't say sacrifice, but I, I would assume to see it by uh, rebel, uh, Rebellion. Not not notable Rebellion. A lot of these Impact shows start with the, the word no. So sometimes they say no Rebellion, but no, it's called Rebellion. So I expect it by then. People are going to want to pay money to see uh, New Japan stars in Impact. Next match, one of the more fun matches. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers. And a special guest referee, uh, Matt Cardona which was very, very fun to see. Matt Cardona earlier in the show talking to Brian Myers, saying that he's going to call it right down the middle, even though that they are good friends. We all know they're good friends in good life. In real life, they have a podcast together and all that. So uh, Matt Cardona says he's going to call it right down the middle. Uh, Cardona tries to call the match down the middle early on as well, stopping Myers from bringing in a chair. Back and forth action throughout the match. Cardona calls for the disqualification against Myers for using a foreign object on the roster cut, which is a huge clothesline from Myers. He took something from his knee pad into his elbow pad on the inside of it for a big clothesline. That big clothesline uh, obviously went for a disqualification given the foreign object was used. Brian Myers obviously upset in Matt Cardona for not allowing that to happen, but Cardona once again said he was going to call the match right down the middle. Uh, I can't wait to see the Cardona-Myers match. We've already seen them have physical contact before, but that was in a tag team match. They did a really good job building up that moment. So they finally touched each other for the first time in a physical sense in towards the back end of the match where they just missed each other each time. They never really had a moment to connect, and now they finally did it towards the back end of the match back on a pay-per-view. So now you have Cardona, Brian Myers. They're obviously building up to a feud. Uh, we'll see where that goes, and that's obviously going to be pay-per-view money and a pay-per-view showing. The main event, Deanna Perrazzo, Jordan Grace versus Kira Hogan, a triple threat match, and fun to see women in the main event. I can't remember the last time I've seen women in the main event for uh, WWE. And obviously all the AEW shows put on their women's matches at 9.20 on the dot, as I like to say. I think it still boggles my mind on how they can get it so accurate at 9.20 every time. But either way, uh, back and forth early on throughout the match, all three getting their offense in. Ringside members who were all there with them, Perrazzo's crew, Jordan Grace had Jazz, and Kira Hogan had Steels. So everyone gets involved. Grace dives to the outside onto all of them. Steels pulls Hogan out of the ring to avoid the Vader bomb type move from Grace. Perrazzo rolls up Grace after recovering from missing the splash for the victory. Grace attacks Steels for pulling her out of the ring, for pulling the Kira Hogan out of the ring. 
obviously now building up uh, the tag team match of Hogan and Steele's Fire and Flava, who are the current knockouts tag team champions versus Jordan Grace and Jazz. That should be a fun one. And then to end off the night, ODB attacks Perazzo and holds out holds up the knockouts championship. ODB most likely going to be going against Perazzo at Sacrifice. Fun to see, but I don't see Peraza losing the belt, to be honest with you. ODB just making her return, and it's a fun return at that, but is it the equivalent of Mickie James coming back to WWE to have a match with Asuka? I think it sort of lays on that same uh, level. That That's where I sort of find it. Final grade for Impact Wrestling, I'm going to have to give this one a C. Right in the middle for me, they had a couple great moments. Uh, there's a couple bad moments with the uh, Sammy Callahan stuff. And uh, the Good Brothers match was good, but it really didn't do much for me. And uh, the Tenille Dashwood stuff with Havoc was a little... It was good, but once again, not a lot of substance for Tenille Dashwood at all. I really think she's kind of boring. And uh, nothing really much there. But I'm going to give it a C. Happy with that. Not a failing grade, but uh, C is right on the borderline for me for failing. So that's where it lies for me. We're going to head into the break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the rumors circulating, nothing official yet, but the rumors circulating of NXT moving to Tuesday nights, officially ending the Wednesday night wars. Big news, or big rumors, if you will. Stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 3rd, 2008, the WWE Cruiserweight Championship was officially retired, with Hornswoggle recognized as its last champion. The title was retired the previous September on an episode of SmackDown when then-General Manager Vicky Guerrero confiscated the title from Hornswoggle by order of Mr. McMahon. But then the championship's retirement was made official on WWE's website when it was removed from the active championship listing. So the belt has already out of circulation and out of being defended uh, by the time that they finally officially got rid of it uh, over in uh, this day 2008 but there was still a chance for it to come back but it finally was off the website and gone forever the championship was born in 1991 as the wcw light heavyweight championship and was revived in 1996 as the wcw cruiserweight championship brought over in 2001 following wwf's purchase of wcw the title served as a cornerstone of smackdown during the early days of the brand extension era or the brand split if you will so, obviously, like a mid-card belt or a lower mid-card belt, that was really important for a lot of workhorse-type wrestlers. And now, the championship is back, in some sense, in NXT, both in NXT America, if you will, the normal NXT, and in NXT UK. So, there's currently two NXT Cruiserweight champions in Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin over in NXT UK. I'm hoping that they will at one point when this whole pandemic is over come together and unify the titles and find who the true champion is and then either that belt stays in NXT UK where they do sort of need that mid-card type belt and they are working something towards a storyline with Jordan Devlin and uh, Tyler Bate who's losing weight for uh, a match against Jordan Devlin for the Cruiserweight title. And in uh, regular NXT here in, in the States, uh, we are looking at Santos Escobar and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross picking up that big victory in that no DQ match. That was fantastic. So we'll see where it goes from there. Karrion Cross, I think, does deserve better than the Cruiserweight Championship. No, no knock against a Cruiserweight Championship. But 
he was the former NXT champion and technically never lost the belt. So, I think he deserves better. I think so myself. But maybe that's just my opinion. All right. Big rumors floating around. And the big question that is being asked all over Twitter. And because nothing is official yet, there's just been a ton of rumors floating. So, I just want to preface it by saying that. That this is all rumors as it currently stands right now. I didn't want to put this in the news section of the show. Given that it's technically not news yet. And when it is, it's definitely going to be huge news if it's true. But are the Wednesday Night Wars over? Reported by the Matt Men Pro Wrestling Podcast that NXT is set to move to Tuesday nights beginning April 13th. This would be the first NXT show after WrestleMania 37 uh, that whole weekend. The report noted that an official announcement should be made fairly soon by the WWE so we could even see it tonight on NXT saying that they're moving to Tuesday nights. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer also heard rumblings of this as of February 24th. So take a step back for a minute and see what this means. NXT is going to move to Tuesday nights after WrestleMania. So what does this mean for the WWE if this is true? Currently, it Currently, pretend NXT is only on Wednesday nights. Just pretend that. But if these rumors are circulating and they do move to Tuesday nights, what does this mean for the WWE? Well, I think it means that they have accepted defeat from AEW. I know it's tough to say. I know it's tough to say. Especially with how the ratings have been and it's been very, very close. But with AEW currently ahead in the ratings pretty consistently week in, week out. In the beginning, it was going back and forth, back and forth. Now, at this point, after uh, the bulk of the COVID-19 pandemic, and now we're in 2021, it's March, WWE and NXT haven't really, yes, they've been making their push up, but what it means for WWE is that they've accepted defeat and they have lost to AEW. In my heart, that hurts a little bit. That definitely hurts a little bit for a WWE fan to know that they lost to AEW. Yes, quote-unquote, the developmental show lost to the main show of AEW, which has all the talent in the world that you could ever imagine. But only imagine that WWE has suffered a loss here, and NXT arguably is one of the best shows that WWE puts out weekly. NXT is a top-notch level show, and for them to be booted from Wednesday night to Tuesday night definitely holds a sour place for a lot of people, I think. What does this mean for AEW? Obviously huge, and huge for the fans as well. Don't need to set your DVR twice, right? Don't need to set it for NXT and AEW, which I know I do. And I enjoy because I, th- I genuinely enjoy both shows every time they come on. And you notice the grades that I give both of these shows. They're always one off. Even they're almost the same grade, but one just edge- edges out another because they're both really that good. They tell fantastic stories and have fantastic professional wrestling involved. One thing with AEW here that they need to be a little bit worried about, they need to be worried about, is going to be the lack of competition. Obviously, the ratings are going to explode. We can see them go to 1.3 million, 1.4 million, touch 1.5, maybe even beat out a Raw once in a while if they have a huge show, if they have like a Winter is Coming show where it's Kenny Omega, John Moxley, you know, that type of show might beat out a Monday Night Raw, which would obviously be big for AEW. But they don't have any direct competition anymore on their time slot. I think it's fair to argue that this could possibly hurt AEW 
given the fact that there's no one to directly compare them to anymore from that standpoint, from going head to head. I know uh, in, I live in the New York City area, and if you have Verizon, the fun thing is that USA and TNT are right next to each other. So if you're scrolling through the channels on the guide, you see both NXT and AEW right going head to head against each other from 8 to 10. That's one thing I'm going to miss a lot. But for AEW, obviously great thing. They're going to get a big boost of ratings, but let's hope the content stays consistent. And I think it will. And my argument for that, where I think it will, is because you look at what NXT does every time AEW has a big show or has something big planned, NXT has to step up to AEW. We rarely see AEW have to step up to NXT. We rarely see that. Sometimes we do, but we rarely see that. And I think that's a good thing for WWE, going back to their point, that they're going to be able to do their own thing now and develop their own stories without having to put up super cards every once in a while because NXT, excuse me, because AEW is putting on a good show. But we have to recognize now, it's going to be a little different watching NXT and AEW. It's going to be a little different. Definitely for that. If the rumors are true with NXT moving to Tuesday nights, what does this mean for Impact Wrestling? Last night was Tuesday night. We watched an Impact, right? I had to watch that on Twitch because that's how I watch my Impact Wrestling. I'm going to watch NXT over Impact without a doubt. I'm giving my rating to that, my live rating to NXT. They deserve it. In my opinion, NXT and AEW are my two favorite shows right now in professional wrestling. I die for Wednesday nights. I love it. Impact, probably the bottom of my list out of all the shows I cover here on this podcast. I'm going to continue to watch Impact Wrestling because it's the, one of the most major promotions in America at the moment. But at the same time, Impact Wrestling, I think they're going to struggle with NXT finding their way over to Tuesday nights. And what does this mean for Impact's ratings? We already know that not a lot of money is going their way for Impact. What is this going to mean for their ratings? What is this going to mean for their sponsors? They're going to have a professional wrestling brand that is arguably one of the best week in, week out. Go up head-to-head against them. Remember when Impact tried tried to go head-to-head against Monday Night Raw and how bad that was? How bad that was for Impact and for TNA at the time? Terrible. Terrible. It was an absolute failure. But one thing about that, that was a choice of their own. They decided to move to Monday nights. Let's go head to head with Monday Night Raw. Absolute failure. Absolute failure. Now, they're in a loophole of their own where they're not even choosing. They didn't have the option to say anything about this, obviously. NXT doing their own thing. And it's really a tough sight to see for Impact, especially given the fact now they're going to have a great brand going up head-to-head against them. Now, probably the most biggest question, and one of the most important, what does this mean for the fans? What does this mean for you and me watching wrestling all the time? What does it mean for us on Wednesday nights? Well, we probably could watch a little bit more hockey on Wednesday nights if you're not into AEW, because that's one of the main reasons why WWE is going to have to move to Tuesday nights and get shoved out of a time slot is because NBC, just recently, is going to get rid of uh, NBC Sports Network, which is where 
most of the, if not all of the hockey is shown during the regular season. In the postseason, it makes its way to regular NBC or sometimes even stays on NBC Sports Network. So now, with NBC obviously being the subsidiary of uh, USA being the subsidiary of NBC, we can see how all this cookie crumbles. We're going to see some hockey games on USA, and we're going to end up having NXT get knocked off to Tuesday nights. But, but NXT even going head to head with AEW pulls in a better rating than hockey. A better rating by about 200,000 viewers. That's what kind of bothers me. That the better rating is there and they're still getting booted off going head to head. Now NXT, much like AEW, is going to pull in great ratings as well. We can see them get 1.4, 1.5 easy. I think so. Because now... If you're a fan of AEW and a fan of NXT, you can watch both without having to force yourself to decide which rating you're going to give. It's a good time to be a professional wrestling fan. Main reason behind that is because the amount of talent that is pooled around different areas in NXT, in AEW, in Impact, obviously on the main roster, WWE, the talent that's pulled around is fantastic. Every night, odds are we're going to get a great show. From No matter who we go from. Maybe not Raw, because it lasts a little bit too long. But this week was a great show for Raw. So, in all in all, I think we shouldn't be too upset with NXT moving over to Tuesday nights. But, remember, we just lived through an era in history of the Wednesday Night Wars. And maybe this isn't the end of the war. I'm going to argue that. Maybe this isn't the end of the Wednesday Night Wars. Maybe this is the end of the first battle of a war that we won't call Wednesday Night Wars, but the wars of promotions. WWE versus the world, pretty much. It's going to be that. It's going to be WWE versus the world. It's going to be AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, versus WWE. And until WWE opens up that forbidden door, which I don't think they will ever do. They've done it in the past, and obviously in the early 90s and stuff like that, but I don't think they'll ever do it again. I think this is going to be one hell of a fight, and a fight that we're going to enjoy wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. So be emotionally prepared for that. Still a fantastic time to be a pro wrestling fan. Trust me, if it wasn't a great time, uh, I don't know how interested I would be going forward. But I am so enthralled every night that I get to watch professional wrestling and talk about it to you. So, definitely a fantastic time to be a pro wrestling fan. And especially with tonight coming up, because it's still the Wednesday Night Wars as it currently stands. This is all rumors. This is all rumors. That whole segment was all about a rumor. Let's hope we all recognize that. It's all about a rumor. So, we're expecting to hear something soon, and it is from a credible source and all stuff like that. But take it with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Next episode, AEW and NXT. We're going to be talking about that. NXT, great card. At least the two matches I see right here. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. We're rooting for Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez here. At least I am. I want to see those tag teams find their way to... The tag team titles to find their way to NXT and see what they do with them there. Nia Jax goes on to be... A great single star once again. And Shayna Baszler does her own thing as well. I think that will be great for them. 
Danny Burch and Oni Lurkin face off against Tommaso Ciampa and Thatcher, given that Wesley broke his hand. Uh, I, I think that's non-kayfabe, if I'm being honest with you. But I do have to do my research on them once again. But that match with MSK and uh, Danny Burch and Oni Lurkin off the table for it as it stands right now. This match is also a non-title match. Looking over at AEW, Shaquille O'Neal and Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. Obviously, the marquee name there is Shaquille O'Neal, <laughs> if uh, if you aren't familiar. Hall of Fame basketball player, uh, 7'3 giant. I think he's 7'3", but also he's just a monster among men. Not Braun Strowman way, but he's a monster. And uh, he was a dominant force on the basketball court and could be a dominant force in the wrestling ring. So we'll see how that goes. Tully Blanchard and FTR take on Jurassic Express, including Marco Stunt, in a six-man tag match. And yes, you heard that right. Tully Blanchard is competing in a wrestling match coming out of retirement. An older man, but he still got it. He still got it. I heard rumors floating around as well that Ric Flair wanted back in in-ring action in the WWE, but he wasn't cleared. And also, you retired at WrestleMania 24. Stay retired. Please, please. Paul White, interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Yes, Paul White, you know, as the Big Show, was going to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone. Fantastic. We finally get to see the Big Show on AEW television. This is obviously huge for the... Not only Wednesday Night Wars, but now the future uh, World War, if you will. Maybe oh, that's a good that's a good way to dub it. The World War. I'm gonna stick with that for a while. AEW Eliminator Tournament Final uh, going on, and obviously they've been doing a great job on Bleacher Report and uh, on YouTube. They've been having a lot of these matches. If you keep it up to date with that, I have as well, but haven't been reporting on it as much as I should, honestly. Dark Order, uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, Alex Reynolds, John Silver, and Alan Angels is going to face off against Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Angelico, and Jack Evans in a 10-man tag team match. So, huge match there. I wonder how long that one goes. Chris Jericho and MJF hold a press conference, and you know I'm a sucker for press conferences, especially if they're done very well. Chris Jericho and MJF, two guys that can do that very well, and uh, I'm very excited for that segment. And Dark Order's number 10, versus Max Caster in a ladder match qualifier for the uh, Face of the Revolution uh, ladder match at Revolution coming up this Sunday, and I will have my predictions for that coming up soon, the day of. I think I, that's when I'll have it, but I still got to get my thoughts together on it because uh, the card, even though it's slowly becoming set, we have to see, especially with this barbed wire uh, exploding death match that everyone seems to either really love or really hate and I think I'm trending towards more of the hate but we still have to see the match we still have to see the match well that's all for me you can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode and remember you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast if you like content like this check out our writers at DailyDDT.com and if you want to hear more from me give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Jaden Becker TV I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.